prepare yourself to be blown away by the seismic sound and scrutiny of... Aftershock Podcast with Chris Aiken and Matt Hartness. All right, well, here we go. Welcome to the first live stream episode here at Aftershocks that we call Tremors Live. And, of course, I'm Matt Hardner. We've got Chris Aiken over there on the other screen. What's up, Chris? What is up, man? Ready to do this. Absolutely, man. It should be a good time. We've got a really good show tonight, man. Let's go over, our, I guess, our guests real quick for tonight. Obviously, first up we got coming is Mr. Joshua Toomey, of course, from the Talk To Me podcast. One of the best podcasts out there. We'll talk with Josh about, you know, some of his recent interviews. We'll go over a couple of, uh, you know, things in the news uh, that we've been uh, hearing lately. And, uh, yeah, we'll have a good time with him. Um, obviously, after that, we've got uh, Canadian Hard Rockers in Vertigo, a real, real good band. Uh, and if you're a fan of that 80s Guns N' Roses type of dirty rock and roll, man, they're right up your alley. Right and, uh, yeah, and then our third guest for tonight is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame drummer Dave Cruzen, who's... Famously known as the drummer on Pearl Jam's iconic debut release, 10. And, you know, we'll be talking with Dave about his time in Pearl Jam. But, of course, we'll be talking quite a bit about his new band, Sons of Silver. Great band. And, uh, you know, it's a great, great band. Great pure rock. Rock and roll is finest. What do you think, Chris? I love it, man. You know, and it's such a weird thing how how this interview has come together. You know, I'll tell the backstory to it, which I don't think we've told at all. But, you know, we interviewed... um the singer of sons of silver peter argyropoulos mm -hmm. and being really honest both of us were a little bit apprehensive we sure were. we were because we read a lot of the press on the band not that there was a ton to read and it kind of read like well politics 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 and we just assumed it was going to be Trump bashing, Trump bashing, Trump bashing. Mm, pretty much. <laughs> and, and we weren't even sure we wanted to do the interview right away, which was, you know, we were like, well, you know, the, the publicist, we like the publicist. So let's do this because we like the publicist. So we're trying to get our feet on the floor. Mm -hmm. And then we, we got to talking to Peter and we both really liked Peter. Yeah. You great know? dude. He, he, he just seems like an awesome dude. And there was mm -hmm. no politics, which is you're right up yours and my alley. Neither yeah. one of us wants to talk about that bullshit. Hell no. But, but, you know, so then we had Peter back for just kind of a bullshit session, like a, what we call Aftershocks Tremors. Mm -hmm. And that went really well. Mm -hmm. So after that, then it was, um, you know, Peter just we at the end of the interview he's like hey if you want to talk to dave or anybody else in the band let's make that happen and we're like gee i don't know you know rock and roll hall of fame guy played on the best-selling grunge album of all time mm -hmm. i don't know if we want to talk to that guy or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's really and, and you know as much as i should be used to this because i've done this for you know a very long time i i gotta admit getting the emails from dave cruzen from rock and roll hall of fame guy just getting an email said yeah looking forward to chatting with you guys it's like this is like i'm watching this guy 20 years ago on mtv uh -huh. now he's emailing me you know <laughs> it's it's still little kid in the candy store moment man it's just sure and that's what's been making aftershock so much fun is it, it's really just been 
for for both of us, I think it's really been that chance to just kind of step out, step out of the, you know, the normal and do stuff that we've both been wanting to do for a while. Sure. Yeah. Well, I think what's great about it too is we wanted to, you know, we both obviously we have our other podcasts that focus on the classic metal uh, mm-hmm. stuff, and you know, but both of us are huge fans of all different types of hard rock and metal. We we pretty much like it all. I mean, I don't, I can't think of one. Uh, maybe black metal. That's the one thing I'm not really that that heavy into is black metal. You know, but right. I like I like some black metal elements in in different types of metal music, just not that whole uh, genre. It's not, it's not my biggest, you know, I'm not a biggest fan of it, sure. but, um, but other than that, yeah, we pretty much, we like everything. And yeah, we just so want, also wanted to give a platform to a lot of these upstart bands, for instance, like in vertigo, who we're going to talk to later. Um, because I, I think these days they need somewhere to go to get their music heard. Um, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of outlets, you know, as there used to be, obviously, you know, uh, commercial radio doesn't really, they're not interested in hard rock and metal anymore. Right. Um, so I think it's just something where, you know, uh, we just want to kind of, do something like that. I mean, I remember growing up and it was, whether it was on the radio or you had, you know, there was, there was shows. There was actually shows mm-hmm. that focused on new bands, even on like, I mean, I'll just use that metal show. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah. whether you're, whether you're a fan or not of Eddie Trunk or any of those guys, the bottom line is you knew every Saturday that there was a show, you know, that you could plan for. It was going to focus on metal and hard rock. And right. it just kind of, it keeps like, you know, we've heard this a lot from some of the guests we've had. It, they they always thank us. I'm sure they do this with you know most other podcasts too. It's just they thank thank us for keeping the fire going, meaning yeah. because the flames kind of been dying out, especially here in the states. It's not as prevalent as it used to, you know, as it once was, you know. And, and it's not on commercial radio. It's not. It's just you can't really find it. You know, you can, on cable TV. I don't really know of any other shows. So we're just kind of trying to fill whatever void we can in that area and just have a good time. It's all about just having fun. Yeah. You know? it, 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 and it has been just a ton of fun. You know, it's, it's, we've done, how many interviews have we done now? 40? <laughs> Close to it. <laughs> we've done a, we have done yeah. a shit ton of interviews in three months. That's for sure. We have done a bunch of them and, and, and they continue to be fun. You know, yesterday mm-hmm. we interviewed um, John McGinty of um, mm-hmm. uh, Incantation and, you know, now that's something I could never do on CMS and you could never do a, with shock with um, skull sessions mm-hmm. and, but having the platform here and it was, it could not have been more fun. We were laughing and joking with him and that was great. You know, yeah. It, it was really awesome. It was fun. And it was really kind of fun to actually see this, you know, this absolute horror death metal guy. And he's just like, Hey, what's up? Fucking he's the happiest. Yeah. <laughs> happiest guy in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was totally yeah. fun. But that's been kind of what what has made aftershocks a nice change up, at least for me, and I think for you as well, is mm-hmm. that you know we we both have interviewed you know a zillion bands. I've interviewed every classic metal band there is, and and you know I I still like classic metal. I'll still listen to a Rat record like anybody else, you know, or Dokken mm-hmm. or whatever. But man, it is just so nice to actually not be like oh so. Um, you have a new album and what, what, how does this compare to 1988 mm-hmm. and you know, all the shit that you can fucking ask. I mean, I've asked every, I've asked every rock band of the eighties genre, everything there is to ask. So having this Avenue to come back to is, is really nice. And it's mm-hmm. really been fun to find new bands and explore new stuff and explore stuff that I otherwise would not have listened to. It's just been really fun. 
Yeah, no, it has. And, uh, you know, you just mentioned a name before, Peter Argeropoulos, you know, from Sons of Silver. Um, and it's great to talk to these, you know, a guy like Peter, for instance, you know, we'll be talking to Dave Cruzen later, but it's great. Here's a guy who's in a band with three other guys who have been in major bands. Right. You know, the guitarist, uh, he's been, he was in Skillet. He's, you've got uh, Adam, the bassist, who's been in, in Candlebox for years, and he was an original member. And of course, Dave being from Pearl Jam, and Dave also played with Candlebox for years. Um, so here's a guy, Peter, who obviously he's the, the, the least known of the band. Um, right. Yet, what's great? It was great talking to him because it's great to you know to get a perspective from someone like that who is sort of like the the if you want to say a no name, he really doesn't have too much of a, a past. He's got a little bit. I think he did. He said he was with the what was it uh, last December with Adam yeah. back in like I think it was the late nineties, which they were like an alternative rock band. And uh, yeah, so just talking to a guy like him, getting his perspective on things, you know, a guy who's been in the scene for a while, but is now finally uh, getting, you know, uh, the, uh, some notoriety for, you know, his career. Um, it's just really cool. And of course, I, I, one of the coolest interviews we did, I thought, was with uh, Amir Durak, um from Julian Kay. And of course, he's most uh, famous for being with the uh, 90s band Orgy. Um, right. I thought that was a great, you know, episode too, because he's, he was a guy that also was around back in the eighties during the whole glam scene in LA. So here's a guy who's been through so many different, you know, decades and just to, it's just, it's just like you said, it's very refreshing um, talking to not only the, the newer bands, but also talking to some of these other guys that, you know, maybe people haven't heard of before, not just so much their bands, but them as individuals and what they've, you know, uh, contributed to rock and metal over the years. Yeah. No, it, it's yeah. It, it, again, it, the the thing the thing that's most fun for me is getting to discover this music again because you know, uh, and and anybody that does podcasts, not that I think that most of the people watching are are podcast doers necessarily as much as just people that download them is we get a zillion releases a week. I mean, literally, I I mean, I I would say a literal number in my email box is probably about a hundred to 120 releases a week. You know, I get all these holics, you know, links, and then you can download the records. Well, when I was just doing, when I was only doing classic metal show, you know, I, I kind of locked in on that, you know, it's like, okay, why am I going to listen to a melodic death metal band? You know, you know, it's not like I could talk yeah. to it. I mean, talk about it. It's not like I could share it with the audience. It's not, you know, other than for my own personal enjoyment, there's not much I could do with it now, you know, sure. having an outlet, dude, I'm never, I'm never not listening to music anymore. And that's a, that is a really, really good thing for me. Cause I, I was getting a little stagnated there. <laughs> just listening to <laughs> hey, here's the next offshoot of doc and winger and whatever that frontiers is putting out, you know, <laughs> mm. It's nice to have have something fresh and new and different, and you know, and yeah. like like that guy yesterday, the H Hinayana guy, uh, oh, Casey, yeah, Casey Casey Heard. You know, mm -hmm. that was like true fusion of death metal and and progressive metal, like Symphony X type stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would have never listened to that in the you know a few years ago. There's no way I just wouldn't I wouldn't have paid no attention to that. That would have been like up oh, death metal, pff, move on, mm -hmm. you know. Where's the next winger record for me to, you know, sure listen to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, dude, it, it it's fun, man. We're we're definitely having fun doing this. That's for sure. A lot of, yeah, definitely no, a lot of fun. And um, like you said, a band like Hinayana is sort of a band that 
not only would you not have listened to them, you wouldn't have probably even heard of them if we were, you know, if not doing for something like this, because you don't, I mean, how would you discover a band like that these days? You know, unless they're, you know, touring with another band you're going to see, uh, because everything's just so saturated. There's so much music out there. It's like, how do you, you know, how do you pick out of the, out of like, you know, the conglomerate of bands that are out there to listen to There's so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's been fun. It has been fun. It's just a weird. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny because when, when we started this, we had a YouTube page with nothing on it. (laughs) And I, I, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a total dork. And I, I went through our YouTube page and I sorted everything out and I made categories and everything. So that when, when people would, would go to the page, you know, they can, they don't have to dig through a bunch of bullshit. They could just see it. You know, it's like, mm. okay, here's death metal. Here's prog metal. Here's, you know, traditional metal. Here's new metal, whatever. You know, I, I, I spent all this time mm. doing it. And I looked at the page and I was like, man, this blows with nothing on it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all it was was a lot of white screen and nothing and nothing on it. And, you know, I looked at it today and I was like, mm. man, we already filled this page up. This is, this is fantastic. And, you know, we're, we're, interviewing so many cool bands you know bands that i'm i've been fans of and you've been fans of that maybe other people don't know about you know bands like um like uh Mm -hmm. moss generator it was a good example or or like you turned me on to void vader you know i wasn't Mm -hmm. really aware i i I knew the name but i didn't know them and now i'm like a big fan of them and you know it's been Mm -hmm. it's been fun and the interviews have been fun you know every one of them except for haunt Mm -hmm. because didn't get to participate but (laughs) (laughs) we got to ask a question each i think right (laughs) that one (laughs) one question yeah (laughs) too good man well dude why don't we well uh, let's you know do you want to bring in our first guest or what do you do you know i was just going to say we let's before he comes in let's let's uh preface it we'll we'll talk about uh josh obviously josh you know he has his podcast talk to me uh, but also, I don't know if people know about Josh. He was also, a, you know, the former bass guitarist for uh, for New Metal Kings, Primer 55, you know, great band back um, in the 90s and early 2000s. Uh, and he also played bass in a vastly underrated band uh, that, to me, if it wasn't for the timing of that band, if they were around maybe a year or two earlier, they would have been real big. 12-volt, negative earth. And uh, as we said, he's got the, the popular podcast talk to me. So, yeah, let's go ahead and let's bring him in. Well, he's going to like you. There he is. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, there's my 12-volt Negative Earth album right there. Perfect. <laughs> on the wall, man. It's awesome, good to see you guys. Man. Yeah, good to see you too, Josh. How you been, man? I'm well, doing well, man. Just uh, listening to you guys talk. And it's so funny, man, listening to fellow brethren talk about you know interviewing people and you know it it can get tedious at times and you get and chris is talking about getting a hundred cds a month in his in his thing and you're just like how do you pick through it and then you get the publicist all over you about come on man please interview this person Uh and you're like Uh that person has no following come on now stop it (laughs) (laughs) they're just paying you stop it (laughs) and the unfortunate thing is what they won't tell you is you know if they don't get X number of interviews, then they're not right. meeting the quota to get the, to get the check. You yeah. know, I'm the band. They have to do, you know, little band has to do 30 interviews or else it's, or else they don't have to pay. And, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, and, and, and again, I'm, 
I don't necessarily mind doing interviews for small bands. I actually, you know, I I'll be honest. I'd rather interview small bands than big bands any day of the week. Cause the, you know, the big bands, they have all the answers rehearsed, you yeah. know, cause they get True. asked dumb shit over and over again, where the little bands they're trying so hard to be discovered that they're willing to tell you any damn thing. They don't, <laughs> they don't care. You know, they don't have any bridges to burn because they haven't built any yet. So, you Good know, the, and, and that's what makes the, the, even though they don't get as much of a, of a return, like downloads or plays or views or whatever, they certainly will say more. Yeah. You'll get, mm -hmm. you'll get the crazy shit that people will say out of the little bands much more than you will the big bands. True. You know, I have a, I have D Snyder coming up tomorrow and I was listening nice. back to it today and I actually, I think I got him. Like, I think I hit him with a question. He probably hadn't been asked or asked in a long time. And I was, cause he was talking about the history of twisted sister and he, him joining the band in 1976. And I was like, well, do you still have fans that come see you from 1976? And he sat back and he thought about it for a second and he goes, you know what? I think you can definitely see them in the crowd. They've got the oxygen tank, <laughs> they're, they're in, you know, and then he gave a story about uh, doing the Christmas album and going to a nursing home and he pulls up to the nursing home. Like, why are we here? And then he gets off the bus and all the, the, uh, residents at the nursing home are like d what's up and he's like no <laughs> we're old <laughs> oh that's awesome well hey first off uh josh we gotta thank you obviously for turning us on to this uh stream yard that chris <laughs> picked up on when uh when he was on guested on your live stream and you've been obviously yeah you've been doing your live streams too now for the uh, last like month or so right uh, how's yeah. that been going how's it been going so far it's been going really well man. the uh the uh I love the interaction. You know, you got uh, you know people in the chat room busting in. Um, we did uh, we did one episode of Diabolus and Podcastica, my sidecast with Ian Wadley of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We did one live on that show last week, and it went damn near haywire. Like with the uh, the, the people in the comment section. I mean, his his listeners are rabid maniacs, and you know, I've got, and so so they were just going absolutely crazy over there. But uh, we we did that, and I've done about four. Talk to me lives where I'm doing them on Tuesday nights. We did one last night with, uh, uh, you know, Chris's friend John Drake and a friend of mine, Ro Coley, and it, you know, it kind of spanned everything from from metal to Star Wars and back. So it's been a lot of fun. Awesome, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah and it, dude, it was funny. You were interviewing Ro. I I remember Ro from 20x <laughs> years ago. You know, when he was an intern at Roadrunner. Yeah. I mean, before he was actually a publicist, he was like, you know, like. I think Maria Gonzalez was the publicist at the time. And she would have Roe do like the bands that she didn't want to work. Like she was all up for work at like spine shank or Camara yeah. uh, or whatever. And then when it was, you know, bullshit band that we were never going to hear from after that one moment, <laughs> it was <laughs> like, I would always get those emails and, and they were signed Roe Coley intern. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you brought up spine shank, the way that I met Roe, was when I, I I've known the guys in Spineshank before they were signed. They put out a an ad in Metal Edge magazine. And it was like right. it was like call this number and we'll send you a free cassette. And so right. me being I think I was like sixteen called the number. It was it was a mic from Spineshank's uh, um, a voicemail pager. I left him a voicemail and and then you know throughout the years I kept up with him. And when I went to Primer, he was still around. All that all that stuff. So when I started the podcast, I had, 
had him on, had Mikey Shank on. And he was like, you know what? You need to talk to my friend Roe. Because, you know, the first two people to call that phone number were Roe Coley and Joshua Toomey. <laughs> so it's, it's so crazy how, like, you know, 20, th- almost 30 years later, probably, uh, how those connections still hold up. And yeah. still in the business. And I got to give you credit for last night. Putting up with those two and their nerdism <laughs> was ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, when you asked, I forget what the first question was, or the second question was something like, name the six planets <laughs> that Yoda landed on during the, oh, the six, six, six planets yeah. or something. And these, these guys, you had to... you. Go back and watch this thing, Matt, if you didn't see it. <laughs> Not only did they first, John had a problem with the question. He was like, well, there's nine parts in the can and not. Six. I mean, it, it got so nerdy. It was like that. <laughs> they were like, well, there's not actually six. There's seven. And here's the seventh. But maybe there's an eighth because, do, you know, do you count a moon? <laughs> that was yeah. one of the things. <laughs> and they didn't actually show this, but they inferred it. Does that count? You know, I was like, I was like, Jesus, guys, I, I would never watch a movie with you. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? I- I Googled uh, hard Star Wars trivia before I got on and I was reading some of those questions. I mean, that we, we talked about one and there was one question on there and it was like, if you could, if you would, would with the theory that technology gets better over time, which fighter would have a better weapon? An A-wing, B-wing, X-wing, blah, blah, blah. It just went on and on. And they sat there like we were off mic and they sat there and really tried to like go through it. Yeah, it. I mean, John's a dork. Let's just be, let's just call it. <laughs> John's a fucking dork. But, but to see somebody else that was equally dorked out with him, I, I mean, dude, I, I can tell you stories about being with, with John and his brother, AJ and, and his wife, Steph. And we would just be sitting at a table. Me and Steph would be sitting at a table while those two would play Star Wars trivia for shots. And, and they would drink like full bottles of vodka tricking each other on star Wars shit on, you know, what was the middle of the Tatooine surface made of? Or like, yeah, it's like, who fucking cares? It's a dumb movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, John's the one that went to star Wars celebration, went to the lobby of the hotel, just sat down by himself with like a star Wars trivial pursuit yeah. and, wait, and waited for someone to come and sit down. And they did. Of course. <laughs> Of course, though. But you know, it's funny knowing I've had Roe on the podcast a couple of times, and I knew, like, you, you know, getting two guests together, those two needed to just balance yeah. off each other. And if and if John and AJ haven't worked out their differences, maybe Roe can come into the Nerf Herder Council. <laughs> there yeah. we go. Wouldn't shock me if that happened because Roe yeah. can hold his own. That's for sure. But. Nice. but so let's go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, you guys, if you want to go ahead, uh, and I was going to bring up Static Gex. Right. Uh, I know we both uh, we've both interviewed uh, Josh. I know you interviewed him uh, recently. We did as well. Real nice guy who's you know he's under a lot of scrutiny these days for uh, continuing the band in its current form. And you know for people that don't know, obviously he's restarted the band. Um, who of course tragically lost you know their leader and main songwriter Wayne Static back about 2014. Um, and they've obviously you know they've recorded a new album with with vocals coming from the demos that Wayne had sort of in the vault. And uh, you know they're playing live. With uh, with their new frontman uh, Zero, which is of course Edsel from uh, New Metal Mainstays, dope. Um, I guess just to kind of talk a little bit about, I guess it is such a uh, you know sort of a, a sensitive topic for a lot of fans. 
me personally, I'm, I am a fan. I think the new album, I think it's really good. You know, I really think it is. I think um, they, they did as good as a job as you could do from extracting those vocals from the demos. And uh, the music, I think, is great. It's, it's, if you're a Static X fan, Static X fan, I think it's right up your alley. You know, I really do. Now, in terms of how they're doing the live shows with Zero, I mean, I've talked to so many people, some people who don't even know the band, and I tell them, you know, what they're doing. They're, you know, no way. That's that's wrong. Uh, whereas a lot of people are like, hey, you know, if I'm a fan of the band, if you know, I want to see the music, you know, no matter what it's like, if it's a guy alive who's just got a mask on and miming it, they're going to do it. My take on it is like it reminds me of the hologram thing. You know, it's like to me, if fans want to see it and, they, and they're willing to pay for it, I say it's OK to do. Um, but I guess I know a lot of people have, you know, their, their opinions. So, uh, Josh, what's your take on Static X in its current form right now? You know, getting into the album and listening to it, getting ready to talk to Tony, I, I sat with the album for a while, and it was one of those things where I don't know if I was necessarily 100% in on Edsel kind of taking over the vocals and them taking old demos and, and extracting, uh, you know, the vocal tracks and just finding random vocal track lines laying around, things like that. But mm -hmm. after listening to the album a few times and just really kind of getting into it, I was like really blown away by what they did with what they had. And then... Uh, another thing, you know, kind of getting into talking to Tony, I went and looked at the YouTube comments to see what the fans were reacting. And almost 90% of the fans were were freaking out about how good it was because I was I was a Static X fan back, you know, Wisconsin Death Trip and the first couple yeah. albums. And I kind of fell off somewhere in there in the middle. And so when I got this album for, for you know, for uh, to, to do the interview, I was like, wow, this is actually really, really good. So I'm... I'm on board with what they're doing. Obviously, I'm a big fan of Etzel. You know, Primer, that was one of the big tours we did. We opened for Dope. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, good good friend of Etzel kind of thing. And so good to see him doing that. And uh, and I think that, uh, you know, what they're doing is really good. And I think that they're really kind of doing good by Wayne's memory, even though I don't think that the current incarnation of the band and Wayne had any kind of relationship towards the end there. But I think they're doing good by him, uh, you know, by him not with with what they have to do, you know, what they with what they have. Sure. Do you think that? See, it, it, I I'm I somewhat disagree. A, I don't really love the record. I find the record to be kind of like that trying to it tries too hard to fill in too many holes, and you know, to me, I hear the holes in it, and and. I'm I'm probably done listening to it. It is what it is. I'll go back to Wisconsin Death Trip. That's what yeah. I. Like. I'll, I'll stay there, but the the real the the issue that that I have right now, and and we both interviewed him, and we both did our little blabbermouth run with him, you know, mm -hmm. you know, with Tony. So um, my real issue is I do not like how Tony is tiptoeing around this whole trip eyes and participating thing. Yeah. I, I honestly think that what he's doing is making the band look worse and not better by trying to not trying to give as little acknowledgement as possible. And I get why I certainly understand the whole legal nonsense that nobody wants to be associated with a kid toucher. I get that. But mm -hmm. at the same time, you cannot just say, well, you know, he's credited on the record and that's all the more we're going to say about it. Cause that's, that's bullshit. You know, it's kind of a cheap way out. It's gotta be tough though, man. If it came out that Neely was a uh, kid toucher, you know, you'd have to be like, uh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I kind of already say that now, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah. I mean, but 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 they wouldn't be. Re- Here's my thing, Josh. They wouldn't be revealing that. It's already revealed. Yeah, that part mm-hmm. is already revealed. What they're trying to do is hide the fact that after that, mm-hmm. that they worked with them. Yeah, and that that's the part. You know, I I really think that the right answer for them to say is, you know what, we tried to work with them after. It didn't work out or it didn't work out the way we wanted to, or the fan backlash was bad or whatever reason they want to give, but give the guy his due for what he did, because what they're setting up to happen right now is trip is going to do some interview somewhere and he's going to say what happened. And then they're going to look like fools because they dodged the question the entire time. It's really given the power of the, of what is, what is a significant issue to the guy that they're trying to avoid. Yeah. yeah. But do you do you think a lot of it has to do with the fact that obviously because of what he did in the past and just the the whole cancel culture thing that's going on everywhere, just that, you know, uh, just I mean, do you think that's just it's better for them just to say, you know what? We, no, we didn't do anything with them. You know what I mean? I mean, we we don't know if they had anything worked out behind the tables either. You know, we don't know if it was like, look dude, you know, we can't we can't come to the press and, and give you credit for this. We'll, we'll work with you. We'll pay you a little bit, whatever it is, but we really can't give you any sort of, you know, press in terms of you helping us with the record um, because of all the, you know, like I said, they, I think the, the, the blowback would be pretty intense these days if they were, they were found out that they did work with them. So, I mean, I guess it's one of those catch 22 things. It's like, do you just say, no, forget it. You've got no new album. You got no new tour. And let's be honest. It, it, it's, there's of course, it's there's financial benefits involved for everybody there. So they're not going to not do it for that reason, because like I said, you've got this opportunity to put this record together, to put the band back, to make money. I mean, it's a money making thing. Let's just be honest. It's just, you know, it's how they survive these days as musicians. Um, but I get what you're saying, Chris, I do totally agree in terms of like, then just don't work with the guy, but I guess they probably had to work with them in order to get, you know, the material I'm, I'm assuming this, but you know, just my take on it. So I could kind of understand them not just not just say, you know, we don't want to talk about it. Let's leave it be. And maybe, you know, um, trip himself was supposed to not be saying much and he's just decided to join in and he wants to get some notoriety. You know, it's, it is a guy who of course is going to need, uh, in order to get his career back on track, he needs as much, uh, press as he can get in a positive way. And maybe he looked at it that way. So I, I, I kind of see it both ways, but you know, I think you make a good point, Chris, like it's eventually going to come out. He's going to start doing interviews. There's no doubt. And I don't think the saga has ended anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny with with Trip, and I was thinking about this the other day too. You know, you've got Tim Lambesis out there who went to prison for hiring, you know, a hitman to murder his wife, you, mm-hmm. you know, the mother of his children type stuff. And then you've got Trip who went to prison for two counts of of uh, of uh, you know, basically what is it, uh, statutory rape, right? And you know, but then you've so you but you've got Tim Lambesis out there continuing on, and they're obviously not mm-hmm. going to be there are people out there that are not going to support Tim, but they're still headlining you know, shows and they're going to do big package tours when this comes back around again. And then you've got trip on the other hand who can't, you know, get his band off the ground. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a very odd, uh, you know, double standard. And I, and, and I have always said, you know, if Tim wanted to come on, talk to me, I'm probably not going to have him on kind of the same with trip because I was the same with Chris. I was offered trip and I, that's mm-hmm. the one interview I've kind of backed off on. I'm like, I don't know, man, but mm-hmm. you know, so go ahead. No, I, I, I'll interview trip in a minute. He was a good interview. I did the interview with him the last time. He was a yep. good interview. I I know you watched it, Josh. I'm not sure if you watched it or not, Matt, but I didn't pull any punches with him. I really no. 
I really went straight at him, you know, and, yeah. and, and he was cool about it. And, you know, and he answered the questions. He didn't like some of the questions, but whatever, you know, mm. I'll give anybody a say, I don't care, you know, on that, as far as Lambesis goes, the reason he's allowed to do it is because there's so many guys out there that understand they may not do it, but they certainly <laughs> understand taking a hit on a wife, you know, yeah. let's, just, let's just be honest that that's, that's, I know I'm saying it as a joke, but you know that there is some reality to that joke, right? <laughs> that there are guys that definitely think that, and that that is a reason that Lambesis is not, you know, he's not the guy from Lost Profits. Put it right. that way. Yeah. I came back out of jail somehow. He's not getting any love anywhere. But, mm -hmm. you know, Lambesis, because it was an issue that, you know, people can sort of envision in some way. I think that's why he he gets a pass. I didn't interview Tim in a sec. I would love to, I would love to interview him about those questions. I would love to say, how do you approach somebody to kill your wife? I'd love to ask. <laughs> I, yeah. I would love to ask the question. Thankfully, I'm single now, so I wouldn't have to worry about you know a wife looking over my shoulder, going, "Huh, what did you say?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like my my wife listens to a lot of murder podcasts. So I'll kind of walk through the room and kind of give her a look, like, "What? what you try to get some notes here? Are you take notes." <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, you did. You, it's a great point you're bringing up about Lambesis. I mean, really, he's got. I mean, when they first came back, you know, as like when he came back to as like dying, the first, you know, I guess tour they did. He, I mean, I, I get it. He came out, he did his whole apology, he did all that stuff. But it's true, he he's not really gotten any scrutiny much at all since uh, he's been back. I mean, maybe a little bit. He did a, like I said, an interview or two, or he kind of just let it all out. And then it's like, okay. And everyone's okay. You know, they're cool with it. It seems like, and I agree. It's like I, he did to me. I mean, they're both wrong on what they did, but I think hiring someone to kill your wife, um, who, if it wasn't, uh, an undercover cop, I mean, she'd be dead. You know what I mean? And, it, yeah. and it's like, and to do that and for him to get sort of, you know, it's just such a huge double standard. And then the trips like, yeah, you know, I mean, like I said, he did this time, he did something terrible, um, I guess, you know, you can't really compare, I guess, the two crimes, but they're both horrible. But the fact that he just is like allowed to continue without anything right now, it really it amazes me a bit, to be honest with you. It really does. I feel like we need the law and order music right now. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the uh, the bass player from the band that he trip is currently in now released a gigantic statement today about uh, about trips you know how he left the band the bass player left the band and basically calling trip a liar and said that he had nothing to do with this new static x stuff and mm -hmm. going on and on about how they had a 17 year old female photographer come take photos and how trip was just acting real shady with her and Boy, telling, tell, telling homeboy that in the state of pennsylvania that 16's legal and and it's just oh, like shit. right you know yeah it, it's 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 a pretty crazy read and i don't typically read a lot no, right. I don't read you know, those long diatribes from people, but man, I was just like, it just kept going and kept going. And uh, it's, a, it's a mess, man. So before you uh, talk to Trip again, if you talk to Trip again, make sure to take a look at that, uh, that statement. Mm. It's pretty nuts, man. Oh, um, I will. I'll have it handy. <laughs> I'll have it handy to read to them. I'll, I, I will highlight the parts. I'll be like, here's what your bass player said. Comment. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that I, you know, he's got to expect that. He has to expect that he's not going to get the, hey, buddy, where'd you record at? You know, th th those interviews mm. are tough for him. His, his, the crimes are too deep and too big. You know, yeah. he's, he's, he's not going to get, he's not going to get, oh, so you have a new record. What's that like? You know, he's mm. not, those, 
shitty interview questions aren't going to come. He's going to get a lot of kid touching questions and, and he should, he should for a while. Yeah, anyway, really at some yeah. point, to be fair, at some yeah. point it should probably be, well, I've answered all that moving on, right. but mm -hmm. you know, he's not there yet. He's just not, not there yet. You can definitely get him with the, uh, you know, what's your top five guitarists of all time. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll ask him. No, I'll ask him. What's your top five musicians that have done jail time? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Marshall with Dave Holland. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too good, man. Awesome. Nice. So, Chris, you want to get this uh, little segment we were going to do about Corey Taylor here going now yeah. or what? Well, right. yeah, I figured this would be a good spot for Josh. What I what I thought we would do is play a little bit of this new Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor, of course, of Slipknot and um, Stone Sour, uh, released two new tracks today. And um, I have my own opinions of them. I don't know if, Josh, if you've heard them or not. I know I told Matt not to listen to them <laughs> so, we could get, so we could get a first reaction. But what I thought we would do here is play... I don't know, 30 seconds or so of the, the video for one of the tunes. And then we can talk through just what it is that Corey is, um, is <laughs> up to is attempting to do here because oof, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man, but it's, um, it's definitely different to say the least. So, so let, let's check this out. This is a uh, brand new stuff from Corey's Taylor of Slipknot Stone Sour. And this one is called um, Black Eyes Blue. thought wow. anybody <laughs> <laughs> you know i listened to this earlier today and it's one of those things where like what what did, what can he do musically that you're not going to be like well why don't you just do that with stone sour why don't you just do right. that with slipknot and there's there's not a lot that he could probably do that's going to be different and and as as silly as that's song is um, all right we're losing you josh I'm like, Re that, reconnect reconnect josh <laughs> yeah we lost all right. well while we wait for josh to come back why don't you um what yeah you well uh well here's this thing i like he was like josh was alluding to right now before he got cut off is you know there's not much more he can do um musically i think because he's got you figure slipknot he's just not going to do anything related to slipknot if it's not slipknot it's going right. to be something a little bit, you know, tamer, a little bit softer. Um, I actually think his vocals are really good on there. You know what yeah. I mean? I got to say, I like his vocals. Musically, I, I mean, it's true. He, he's got the slip now. He's got the super heavy stuff. He's got the mid stuff with Stone Sour. I think it's just probably natural to go and make something like that. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting there thinking that that really got me. It 
didn't definitely hit me hard and like, oh yeah, that's great. But I thought his voice is is pretty good on there. Yeah. Um, musically, yeah, it's probably not my thing. But I, you know, I got to say though, I mean, um, I was expecting something worse. Put it that way. You know. <laughs> <Fine though. laughs> okay. I, I'll just call it nickel knot, and we'll go yeah. from there because that's that's really okay. what it is. it's definitely. It definitely feels very. Well, I mean, Stone Sour has some songs along those lines. I mean, not maybe that, that I don't want to say bad, but maybe not that it's <laughs> not as heavy as, I mean, as light as that or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, they've got their, their, you know, their softer touch, uh, Stone Sour. So, I mean, I guess, you know, let's, let's see the, let's see the next one. All then right. I'll really judge. All right, attention. Well, here you go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your about that one whoa See, what what threw me off about that was i watched this first and so when i saw the the other song second i was just like what are we doing here Corey taylor like pick a pick a lane but that's that's pretty bad that's pretty bad (laughs) i mean i'm just gonna be straight i mean that is wow yeah i mean that was when tech nine comes in i do enjoy tech nine especially when he jumps into he, he actually did a uh uh, Mama said, "Knock you out with five finger death punch," and that, like his verse was the only redeeming quality of that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm like, what wow. is he doing? Why is he rapping now? Is it is it just a, another field for him to conquer? Something like. Well, I mean, he's kind of always had the you know the first album. There's some rapping. I mean, he's had mm-hmm. rapping in his yeah. in his repertoire, but I mean, it's not like something that jumps out all the time either. Well, yeah, I think the rapping on that first record, it, it was it blended in nicely, yeah. I think, with the music. This, yeah, that's just straight up solo artist rap stuff. I mean, that, yeah, I, I oh man, that's, it's pretty brutal. You know, I, I like you said, I mean, pick a lane. It's like you gotta, I mean, like you said, I guess he just wants to explore the different boundaries, but that's you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, that's that's terrible. I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> yeah. Kid Corey, <laughs> yeah, that's very much Kid Rock right there too. Yeah, pretty yeah. well. Not yeah. not on it myself, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I'll I'll buy anything Corey Taylor does. I'm I'm a I'm a honk for that dude. I yeah. I'm a huge Stone Sour guy. I'm a huge Slipknot guy. I got to watch the Super Bowl with the Slipknot guys once, which was like 
the funnest thing ever. I was sort of, I was in a green room. They were playing a gig in Cleveland and I was in the green room and they were in masks and in their shit, you know, <laughs> watching the Super Bowl. It was really? Funny. It was, yeah, because the, the Super Bowl started at 6 30. Their stage time was at like nine. Okay. So they, they got dressed ahead of the game. So <laughs> they watched the game and then, you know, they, you know, I mean, they weren't all wearing masks the whole time, but they did put their masks on and off and do the, you know, the eye makeup and all that other bullshit that they, that they do. And, you know, it, it was, it was very surreal to, to be sitting in there with Slipknot watching football and, you know, kind of throwing a microphone back and forth to do some semblance of an interview. <laughs> sure. Do you think he might be uh, trying out the rap stuff again? Because I mean, the, the rap metal, the new metal stuff is sort of having a resurgence right now, you know, a bit. Um, I think because it's been gone for so long, it's a little bit more fresh now for, for people's ears where, you know, for the longest time, obviously it was just got you know a bit saturated there in its heyday. Um, but I, you think maybe that could be what it is. He's trying to sort of get ahead of the game, if you want to call it that. And, you know, trying to, I mean, I don't know. I don't know why else you'd put something out, you know, something like that out right now. If, uh, I, unless you try to make some sort of statement, but I don't know what statement you could be making other that, you know, other than he's just trying Maybe because I mean that video too. I mean, I, I thought it was like a Janet Jackson video at first or something, man. You know, it's like what the fuck, man. Yeah, yeah. he was just recently he guested on a Falling in Reverse track that I really liked uh, called Drugs or Drugs something like that, and he kind of he, he had similar flow on that. So I don't know if if he was like, you know what, maybe I should do a whole album like this. But uh, you know, you know, Chris, you posted another new song today from uh from manson from Marilyn manson that came out yeah. today and that that out that song was was really really good so it's kind of like a uh you know a couple of the new songs today and, and manson oh, won the day yeah man the Manson song is great that's the best thing he's done since yeah geez forever he hasn't done much good in a long time but but yeah that, that's killer but yeah i don't know i i i and to to answer your question, Matt, I don't think Corey Taylor gives two shits. I think Corey Taylor does. He's made enough money. He's 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 a guy that never has given a shit what people say or think. And mm -hmm. I think he's gonna do whatever he wants to do. And he knows that he'll he knows that he'll make enough money that the record company will be happy. Yeah. So he's gonna do whatever he wants to do. I I sure. I don't think he's a guy that looks at it as well. You know, I have to stay in this lane or that lane or whatever. I think he's, mm. he's a guy that's happy to explore, you know, different stuff. You know, the, mm. the one, the one Avenue I wonder is how much influence does the new wife have? I was just going to say that. That was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Got the new mm -hmm. wife. All of a sudden <laughs> the first output that you get after the new wife gets put in place is this. Yeah, I think that's uh, usually been a career killer once you get your wife involved with a lot of stuff. But um, you know, yeah, I mean, exactly. We, well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, is is this like you said? It's probably what like Josh said. I mean, what else can he do that he hasn't done yet? And I guess when you start to get to that point, when you're a solo artist now. Uh, you know, you're just going to, you're going to take those chances. You're going to take those risks, you know, regardless of what people think. And like you said, Chris, he could probably give two shits anyway. So <laughs> he's probably just throwing it out there to see if it sticks. I don't know. It's just definitely, uh, that was a little bit shocking though. That video definitely <laughs> was shocking, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, I just had, uh, I just had Johannes from avatar on and, and Corey Taylor's on the new avatar album and okay. you listen through it and you're like, I don't hear it. You don't hear just a blatant Corey Taylor 
thing and you look at the liner notes again, you see what song it is, you pop that song on and you're like, man, I just don't hear him. What's going on here? That's Corey Taylor. And then I hear whistling and I'm like, if it's Corey Taylor whistling, that's, an, that's genius. And so when I had Johannes on, I was like, <laughs> I was like, don't tell me that that's just, you get Corey Taylor on your album and he's just doing the whistling. And he just started laughing. He was like, he, he said that, you know, Corey came down to the studio uh, was a, uh, I forget Jay Rustin, I guess did the album. He's like, Hey, you know, I'll do some vocals on your album. What do you want me to do? And the avatar guys is like, how about you whistle? And it's right. so, so much funny, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i what's weird is he put out two songs today and um we know no more than we do than we did yesterday about True. what the new record is we have no idea what he's going to really you know we don't know if it's going to be all rap tunes and one nickelback tune we don't know if it's going to be the other way we don't right. know these are the only two tunes and the rest are all country I mean, we really have no idea what he's going to do, which I think is probably the way he wants it to be. Appreciate it. Yeah. War Mechas there. A little Toomey rules. Right, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, man. So who, who do you have coming up on your podcast, Josh? Who's coming up in the, I know today you released uh, five figure death punch, right? Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I sent that out today. Like it was supposed to be out tomorrow, but I, I finished it up today and I sent it out to, you know, Blabbermouth and the PRP and all that stuff. And, and like an hour and a half later, it just started popping up everywhere. And I'm like, well, shit, I got to fucking post it now. So, so I posted a day early for, for that. And then uh, D Snyder, I'm going to go ahead and post tomorrow. Okay. So, so yeah, so it's been, it's going to be a nice little one, two punch. Yeah. Very nice. Dude, it, and it's it, funny that you've been, you've been diving into the eighties metal stuff. Yeah. I always think of you as like nineties, 2000 metal guy. And, here you are with uh, you know chips enough and D Snyder and yeah. you know you're diving into the you're diving into my territory, man. <laughs> well, you you know you start the after talk <laughs> podcast, and I think you're coming for uh, for all of our territories, man. You're just covering the gambit. <laughs> I'm covering the gambit by doing 50 interviews in two months. <laughs> Hey, and I'm not gonna lie, man. When that when I agreed to do chips enough, it was because I didn't have an interview for that week. So, I mean, you know, plus, I mean, I've heard him on you know on the classic metal show. I've heard him on a few other podcasts, so I knew he was a good dude, and sure. and there were some some good. Uh, you know, tie-ins to, you know, with Mike Portnoy and all that stuff on the new album. I mean, I'm not, I can't go deep at all on the enough enough catalog, but, uh, right. but, you know, he was a good, he was a good conversation. I had a lot of fun and, and, uh, it's one of those dudes that's going to give you some, you know, good 20, 30 minutes. Uh, sure. I mean, that's the thing with D Snyder is we didn't really talk about anything and because there's like, what do you ask D Snyder? Yeah. Like, you know, like, what was it like being in that Pee Wee Herman movie? <laughs> you know? I, I, I mean, really, and what are you going to ask him about now? He, he's got a live record out. Yeah. Is, okay. that, what this, is that what he's pushing? Live record? Yeah. It's okay. like, oh, hey, D, you're, um, you played a concert. How was that? <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? I mean, what else do you ask him? Wait, yeah. was she, is she going to do another record like he did with Jamie Josta? Is she going to do something that's like that plan. again? Yeah, that's the plan with okay. that new album. Okay. He should. Yeah. That that should, yeah. Old. That was a great yeah. record. Yeah. And, and well, just hey, to, go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Well, no, I was gonna say I don't I don't know if I send it to Chris or not, man, but uh my son, who is five, almost six, when we go to daycare, he's all about like, you know, put on 
we're not going to take it or put on. Uh, I want to rock. You know, they're back to back on Spotify, and he 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 knows every word. A big, way much bigger Twisted Sister fan than me. And so when I talked to D, I, I cut the interview just a few minutes short to get the ID for the show. And I was like, hey man, we you know, do you mind doing a a, a shout out to my son? And dude, D kicked into father mode. He slowed his voice, you know, slowed his talking down a little bit. He's just like, Hey Elton, this is, you know, D Snyder. Thank you for listening to my songs and named his songs. And he's like, you got a really cool dad. And dude, it's just like, you know, when all that father stuff hits, man, it's just like, you know, you choke back the, 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 the emotions there. Mm, (laughs) It was cool, man. It was really cool. Awesome. I have a, I have a similar story that I'll share and I I wish I knew this was coming. I would have had it available to listen to, but (laughs) it is on Spotify on, on the best of music's bottom line. If you want to look it up and find it. So when my kid, when, when my kids were, I don't know, five, I guess my boys were five. um, I interviewed Hanson for, um, for my magazine that I owned at the time. And my kids loved Umbop, you know, they were, Mm-hmm. As did everybody. I mean, let's be honest. We all loved him. Bob. Not me, but God. I did. <laughs> I'll take those two, the first two Hanson records, and I'll support them no matter what. I don't care if that means I got to turn in my metal card. I love those records. But so I'm interviewing the oldest one, Isaac Hanson. Mm-hmm. And I did the interview. And just like Josh said here, the last five minutes of the interview, I was like, hey, you know, would you mind, you know, saying hello to my kid? He's a huge fan. He watches John MTV, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I put my kid on the phone and my kid is, could not have been more excited. He's five years old. He's like, Hey, Hey, Hanson. Hey, Hanson. Yeah. <laughs> just called him Hanson. Didn't even know what his name <laughs> yeah, called yeah. him Hanson. So he starts talking to my, to this guy, Isaac, and he realizes it's not the Hanson kid he wanted to talk to. Oh no. He man. wanted to talk to the middle Hanson, the, the one that sings, Taylor Hanson. Mm-hmm. And he so he's like, my my son, midway, midway while this guy's talking to him, goes, What's Taylor doing? <laughs> Where's the other one? Where and and he just gets frustrated with him at the end and he goes, All right, whatever, you could talk to my dad. And he hands me the phone. <laughs> <laughs> it just totally blew him off. It was I, I I shouldn't be so proud of that moment, but I was totally proud that my kid just was like, Ah, fuck it. I'm out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you you just find those are the kind of interviews and with D was kind of one of those two where you know, I, if I go to work and I say, hey, I'm interviewing David Vincent of Morbid Angel, no one at work's going to know what the fuck I'm right. talking about. Mm-hmm. But if I go in, I'm like, hey, I've got D. Snyder. They're like, oh, you can take the rest of the day off, you know, kind of stuff. <laughs> and the same with, with Elton. I was like, hey, you know, that song you like, I'm going to interview the singer. And so he he knew it for about a week or so. And every once in a while, he'd come up to me and he'd be like, hey, when you talk to him, you know, you should invite him over. <laughs> You know, have him come over and see our new house. That's <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I don't oh, know, you awesome. know how it works or not, but yeah, man, it was it was a cool moment. Yeah, it, uh, it is definitely cool when you can use this to be dad of the day. You yeah. know, I, I I know I used to do that a lot with you know, especially when my daughter was a teenager and it was like, hey, let's go meet Lincoln Park, and it was like, ah, you know, go meet. Well, Lincoln thankfully, Park. we didn't take him to a Static X show. So. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, to come home pregnant. Yeah. Dun, dun. <laughs> Well, man, I mean, with with my daughter, I, I'm I'm just struggling getting her to listen to any kind of rock right now. I mean, it's it's been tough. I mean, I thank God for like Hellstorm and those bands. That's what I'm kind of using, because you know, for the younger kids, it's like, how do you? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, Josh, you got a, a five year old there too. It's like, 
you know, with all the when when you're playing video games and you're watching, you know, uh, YouTube and and you know, just with all the technology, there's just yeah. no rock there much anymore. I mean, it's it's kind of hard. So everything they're they're surrounded and encapsulated by just pop music everywhere. And it's been, I wouldn't say it's a struggle, but I have to sort of force it and get her in the car and go, okay, you know, what? we're, we're going to play this today, you know, it's just, and something light, you know, you can't start, obviously the kids on Metallica and stuff. So I'm like, Hailstorm has been a good one. She actually likes a couple of Hailstorm songs. Um, and being a female, I, I'm just, I, you know, I'll put on some Joan Jet, just something like that, just to get the rock, yeah. the seeds of rock in their brain. So they're not so, uh, you know, poisoned by all the pop. You know, it's, it's it's kind of difficult these days, though. It's not like it, you know, it used to be. It's hard to just get these kids to listen to rock. You know, it's just not prevalent much anymore. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've got an I've got an eighteen and a, and a almost fifteen year old too, and oh, wow. the, the you know my daughter's about to go off to college. She could care less about what I do. And then my my fourteen year old <laughs> about to be fifteen year old son. He's just like, you know, he doesn't have he, he's he's. I'm totally that dad now when I listen to the stuff he listens to. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what is this? This is not music. This is crap. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's like, it's like the, like the most mumbliest mumble of rap you've ever heard. Right. And I'm just like, where did you, where did you learn this? Where did I go wrong as a parent? But, <laughs> but there, there are some stuff on Fortnite when he's playing it. There's like one song he'll listen to kind of over and over and it's, it's real heavy, but it's got like some funky bass on it. it almost sounds like super heavy faith. No more. And he likes that okay. song. So I'm like, all right, well, we got to start. But, mm -hmm. you know, you just, I just, I've tried and tried and tried. I've taken him to see, see bands. I've taken him to meet bands. You know, he met uh, Tommy Vexed before he's in Bad Wolves. Oh, cool. So yeah. when the Bad Wolves thing blew up, I'm like, remember that was your boy? And he's just like, no. And it's like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it, yeah, it's just like, you know, he's been in the car with me with like Rob from Nonpoint and, you know, and then he'll see him on stage. He's like, oh, that was the guy in the Jeep. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like it's it, it, trying to get him into anything, man. It's just a, you know, it's just a mess. No. Yeah. And, and, and dude, it, once they get the infection of modern day mumble rap, it's, oh, man. It's, it's really hard to get them out of that. Even, you know, the funny thing is, even if you give them like good rap, if you give yeah. them an old Ice Cube record or you <laughs> give them a, you know, straight out of Compton or something, something that's legendary, all eyes on me, Tupac, whatever. They look at that as garbage. They yeah. look mm -hmm. at that as old and, and crap. And it's like, wait a minute. That's the reason you have little Wayne or you know, <laughs> whatever. Little Wayne's even old now. This yeah. Little Wayne, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't even know what's new now, but you know, whatever yeah. Nick Minaj or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there's some, there's a little bit of stuff here and there that, that I listen to that, Normally, the cream of the crop of any genre is probably going to be pretty good. Like, you, mm. you know, that's a, that's a pretty bland statement. But I mean, if you find the best of the best of anything, you're like, okay, now I get why people like it, and then maybe get into some of the you know the lesser you know glam bands and, and new metal bands stuff like that. They there's always the top tier, and then it's just like you know goes down from there. But uh, so there's like that dude Juice World who's dead, and but you know I kind of mm. dig some of his stuff, but for the most part, man, yeah, I don't get into the mumble rap either. Yeah, no. it's, you know, and, and the, you know, the saddest part about it is what, what we've lost by losing commercial radio to hip hop is it has really stunted the growth of hard rock and, and by doing that, it's stunted the growth of metal because, you know, back when you had Back when you had radio that was pumping, you know, even like 10 years ago or 15 years ago, when you had 
radio that was dominated by like corn disturbed three days grace papa roach back creed you know blah 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 name name the the bands of that time those bands kind of were like the the conduit that led people from that that started people oh yep and they then they found you know the heavier stuff whether it was you know obviously metallica was a big stepping stone band because they were on the radio all the time and they were heavy and then you know people would listen to metallica they'd be listening to the memory remains or some shitty metallica song like that but that would lead them to well these guys toured with anthrax these guys played with lamb of god these Mm -hmm. guys played with uh you know slayer let me listen to that let me listen to that and then that's how metal heads developed at that point totally where is that now you know there's no Mm -hmm. uh, unless a rapper plays on the Corey taylor record right no you're not gonna get it you're not gonna yeah you and there's just no outlets for it anymore you know i i mean look lamb of god just released that record what a month ago or whatever forgotten mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's already gone yeah, it's gone already yeah mm-hmm. it's gone because no one's playing it anywhere mm-hmm. you know and and admittedly it's not a very good record anyway but nobody's playing it and mm-hmm. with nobody playing it and, and the fact that they can't tour they're done Sure. Yeah. You know, there was, a, there was a, like a famous, not famous, but a Kerry King said a long time ago when they were talking about uh, talking about Disturbed or something like that. And he's like, good. Let them listen to Disturbed because you know what's going to happen? They're going to come right to Slayer Town. Right. Exactly. They're going exactly. to get, they're going on that road to, to the heavier stuff. And that's how, I mean, I'm sure all of us in the same, in the room are like that, you know, mm-hmm. it started out with something light like kiss or something. And the next thing you know, you're in a Metallica Megadeth and you know, all of, and then you look over and you've got cannibal corpse and obituary in your, in your cassette collection. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I know that's how I was. I was for years. I was hair metal guy. Yeah. Oh, like the heaviest thing I remember, I remember distinctly being in my room listening to music and thinking I was listening to the heaviest shit in the world because I'm listening to like ACDC flick of the switch. And I just thought that was the meanest, heaviest stuff ever. And then I discovered Metallica. You know, you know, yeah. it was one of those things. I discovered Metallica and then um, you know, and then it just moved on from from there. So I you know, it, it, I know that's how it worked for me. Now I listen to everything. Def- Mac, Mac with the show. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I guess it did. I already froze up. <laughs> I guess it's mine and your show now. Right. Welcome to the Aftershocks podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with our new host, Joshua Toomey. <laughs> right. Yeah, might as well. I'm doing 30 other ones now. So, but, but yeah, yeah. Dude, you're so right, man. It, it You need that conduit now. And it's just. You know, it just isn't there anymore. The 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 conduit to to lead people. I mean, the, if you look at what, even if you look at like the Grammys, like I, I look at those bands that are winning Grammys, I, and I can honestly say I've never heard any of them. Like right. I've heard a note of of you know a lot of these bands that are up there, and and even the ones that I have heard, I you know I haven't heard much of, and it's like who are these bands and mm-hmm. and. and and I'm a music junkie. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not I'm not guy that, you know, starts with anthrax and ends with anvil. You know, I, I listen to everything that there is. And for me to say, well, I can't name three Mumford and Sons songs, and yet Mumford and Sons is playing eighteen thousand seats when they're touring. Mm-hmm. How did I miss that? How you know, and 
And that's what's missing is, is, you know, the kids are finding that, but they're not finding their way past that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, think of what a rock band is considered this day, right? Imagine dragons. They're considered rock and roll. Yeah. You know, so you can't even start these kids can't even start with rock like we all did. Right. We just started with whatever our parents were playing when it was on the radio, classic rock, Mm -hmm. you know, then we moved on. I mean, the 80s was, you know, for me, it was hair metal. You know, yeah, sure. People could tease you about, well, you listen to hair metal. It's like, but this is what got you said. It's what got me from that to Slayer. You know, I went from Mm -hmm. hair metal to Metallica to, you know, suicidal to Slayer just kept getting heavier and heavier. Yeah. You know, where I even started listening to, you know, some death metal bands and stuff. It's stuff, you know, that, I mean, when you first hear that stuff, if you're not, if you're not acclimated already to a rock and you go straight to, you know, Metallica or whatever, you know, these days, like you said, disturbed or something, they're going to be like, what is this? What kind of music is this? I mean, this right. isn't Imagine Dragons. You know, this isn't, I mean, I don't even know what's considered a popular rock band anymore, you know? I mean, I guess a lot of the indie rock, I mean, that's still some caged elephant bands like that are still considered I guess that's the the modern day rock, you know, radio rock. But um, you know, with with edge music with edge anymore, it's just it's hard to find in the, in the states. You know, obviously right. overseas, whole different story. Yeah. You know? And yeah. let's not forget our friends, Sons of Silver. That's the that's the yeah. Band. <laughs> well, yeah, and they're they're hopefully gonna start that up again, exactly, because they go back to the roots. I mean, to like the late seventies, mm-hmm. early eighties stuff. I mean, not roots, obviously. That's way back before that, but at least to you know modern day music or commercial radio, Sons of Silver. You know, has like a Tom Petty kind of feel to it, and yeah. you know, um, just a lot of those kind of you know, like I said, late seventies, early eighties type of uh, of artists and bands. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's that, and the the other thing that a lot of you know, you'll hear interviews or you'll read about how how people discover discover bands and you've got people, you know, saying, hey, I heard you on the Fast and the Furious soundtrack or, you know, there's not a ton of soundtracks mm-hmm. out there with, with bands popping on it. You know, Judgment Night that, you know, obviously a classic uh, Demon yeah, Night. Yeah. That was that was a big one. You know, I think I found Machine Head on on the Demon Night soundtrack. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've got you've got all these like different avenues that are kind of drying up, you know, getting that placement in a, in, in a movie or in, you know, being the, the token rock band at the, at the, uh, you know, at the school dance and the teen slasher flick or something, you know, you've got all those avenues that are kind of drying up now. And I kind of wonder, you know, what are the stories that people are going to be telling in 10, 15 years about how they discovered a band, you know, they're like, Oh, I turned on my Spotify playlist and you just happen to come up next. You know, yeah. like that's, that's mm-hmm. about the only thing they've got going on now. You know, there's right. not a, there's, there's never the story of I, I worked all summer on a roof and I heard the same song over and over on the radio. And then by mm-hmm. the end of the summer, I was like, you know what? It's actually mm-hmm. a pretty good song. You know, right. you don't, you don't have that. And, mm-hmm. and with the, with the money itself drying up right now, you know, the one thing that I'm seeing is a lot of the established bands are actually selling their music where they never used to. Yeah. So like, like right now, I, I've been watching for the last two weeks, I've been watching um, the show Billions on Showtime. And okay. um, the show that show there is really it's not music based show at all. It's about, you know, financial scumbags. But, mm-hmm. you know, but it's. um they they do a lot of musical intros, intros and outs of of scenes and whatnot. And the main character wears a lot of metal shirts. Like he wears like a lot of Megadeth shirts. And um, I saw him with a cathedral shirt. And oh, okay. you know, like I was like, okay, cool, you know, right. And some of that stuff. But I started noticing the music, and where in the old days, 
in the old days, you would have a soundtrack where you'd have like two or three bands and that you knew, and then a bunch of bands that you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Now, like every single band is like a nineties, huge band. It's like two or three songs I've heard from Springsteen and two or three from U2 and two or three from mm-hmm. Bon Jovi and, you know, and, and, and like Ario Speedwagon and stuff like that. It's, these more established bands are taking those kind of gigs that, that in the past would have been where you might've discovered a newer band, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. and it's because there's no money, you yeah, know, there's, much, there's money in the movies. So, you know, in a, in a movie, in a TV show, what do you want? A U2 song that people have heard or a song that nobody's heard, you know, you mm-hmm. want a U2 song. It'll, it'll keep people listening longer. Yeah. There's a, uh, I think an entire Twitter feed or something just dedicated to the the kid from the Sopranos because he, you know, wore Slipknot shirts on the Sopranos. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. we need that. Nice. Well, yeah. All right, Josh, it's time for you to get the fuck out of here. All right, man. <laughs> this has been hey, a lot man. of fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on, Josh. Really appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Right. And, and give people the quick plugs, the the puck hockey and the, the hockey <laughs> hockey whatever. And thanks for not listening in like five years because I haven't done puck hockey in forever. No, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I, I, I listen when you interview guys that I've interviewed, and I skip all the bullshit at the beginning and get right to the meat of it. Right, so you can see what I didn't ask, so you can ask it. No, no, the uh, yeah. Make sure to talk, check out talk to me, talk to me, T O O M E Y. Any uh, podcast platform, probably where you found the show youtube facebook all that good stuff spotify iHeartRadio, and uh podcast attic itunes come over hang out with us we're having a lot of fun over there at the talk to me podcast all right all right awesome all right take care guys all right, all right. thanks josh take care bud yep all right and there goes josh right. and here's awesome. our guests in vertigo oh they're they not show <laughs> well they're lost right (laughs) as as we feared yeah as as we feared it was um it was (laughs) we knew that live thing was gonna you know it is what it is it's live it is what it is well it's unfortunate because we did uh you know we did a podcast with uh the vocalist from invertigo uh reed alton Mm-hmm. um you know cool dude and uh you know and, and invertigo is a real you know it's a it's a real good band uh like i said that hard rock kind of 80s guns and roses type of stuff um and uh yeah unfortunate that uh we couldn't talk to them but hey like I whatever said, no, no big deal shit happens again, but uh, yeah. but in five minutes we'll we'll make up for it with uh with a with a little bit of pearl jam ish type stuff or oh yeah you know and it's funny we keep promoting it as as pearl jam guy but mm. I, I think both of us really, really feel like it's not Pearl Jam guy. I, no. I know that's the easy way to say, and people will, you know, will definitely look to watch Dave to see what Dave has to say. But sure, you know, I think we both look at it as, as Sons of Silver guy. Sons of Silver. You know, mm-hmm. I know a lot of people don't know this band. I, I certainly mm-hmm. understand that, and I mean they are getting some love on radio, which is great. They're in the the read them their rights is in the top it's in the top 40 40 right? yeah mm-hmm. so i mean it, it's getting legitimate love on the radio and it's just one of those things it's like anything else it's going to take time and yeah. they're a new band and you know and it's a pandemic where they're not out on tour playing in front of 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whoever they would play in front of, you know, I don't know who they would even play in front of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, uh, and I think what's kind of really cool for, for, you know, our guest coming up, Dave, is that, you know, he was a guy obviously was in Pearl Jam, but he, he was out of the band shortly after they released 10. Yeah. So he, not, he never really got to, I guess, experience or enjoy the glory of that album and just that whole heyday of the, of grunge, you know, when they were Kings. Yeah. Um, so it's great for him because yeah, he's in a rock and roll hall of fame and he, you know, everyone knows who he is, but at the same time, no one really knows what he's been doing since. I mean, he's, you know, we'll talk about it, but obviously he's been in Candlebox um, for a while in and out of that band. He's done a bunch of other stuff. He's a, he's a, you know, a jazz drummer too. So he's done a lot of uh, you know, stuff outside of rock. Right. Um, but here's a guy, like I said, in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that maybe a lot of people don't really know too much about, especially since it's been 30 years, you know, almost 30 years since that record came out. So it's great that he's, this is like his band now too. I mean, yeah. He's one of the leaders that you're not talking about, you know, when, when they look at Sons of Silver, they're going to see that name on there and boom, he's going to be the guy that they focus on as the, the main guy in the band. Yeah, which, which is, you know, we asked Peter about that before, and Peter Peter kind of was like, well, it, and that's obviously a help because just you just say the name Pearl Jam, and, and you know, there's a million people that will listen to it for no other reason than you said the name Pearl the Jam. Name. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that's, that's, a, that's a nice, it's a nicety, I guess, to have at the start. Yes, yes, but, the start. But that, and, and we'll, we'll definitely talk to Dave about that. It's like, how long... How long does that last? You know, mm-hmm. and how long does do they even want it to last? Honestly, because you know that's that double-edged sword. The minute they don't sound like Pearl Jam, people, a lot of people, be like, eh, it's too I don't, I don't hear Jeremy in there. I'm out." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Well, and the thing is, too, it's like you know, um, with their sounds. I mean, like you said, you don't really hear a lot of Pearl Jam in it. It's so different than mm-hmm. Pearl Jam, you know. Um, so it's not like, I mean, to compare, you know, what's great about this band is all the bands that these guys have been in, Skillet, Candlebox, Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. it really sounds nothing like any one of them. No, not um, really. Yeah. And what's cool, too, is, you know, uh, the singer Peter, you know, Argeropolis, he was a guy that was mostly prior. He was in, uh, he had his own solo thing, which was more of an indie rock uh, kind of sound. Right. So this is even a step a little bit heavier than the stuff that he's done before. So even his fans from his solo stuff are going to be like, whoa, this is something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I just really think what they've got going on is just, it's definitely rock that's going to catch you. It's very catchy stuff. I mean, it sticks sure. in your head. Read them their rights. That song, I mean, I couldn't get out of my head the first couple of days I, you know, after I heard it. It's really that good. Um, and I just think, uh, I just hope a lot of, the, you know, they, a lot of the fans, Pearl Jam fans, Candlebox fans, whoever, I just hope they really give it a chance because it's it really is such a good a good record. You know, it, it, I I hope that as well. But I also hope that people, I hope that there's a a good amount of people that are going to hear the song on the radio and like the mm. song, and then find out that it's you know a guy from Candlebox and a guy from Skillet and a guy from, you good know, it, it would be nice if they actually get found organically and be like, oh yeah, he was also. Mm-hmm. You know, he also played on this record that I played 330,000 times back in 1991, you sure. know, you know, yeah. that would be, that would be nice. And, you know, for, for us personally, I I'm, I'm stoked because I, I know I played 10 to death. I mm. mean, I played 10 to death and I was really surprised. Look, you know, when we were getting ready for this interview, I was really surprised to see 
that that is the biggest selling grunge album of all time. I thought for sure it was never mind, never mind. Mm. And no, um, 10 sold like 13 million copies or something. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with the fact that, you know, obviously Nirvana hasn't been around in, in years. So it's, I mean, Pearl Jam, because they could they play live still and they're still active, they could still, you know, get those younger fans, you know right. what I mean? Because they'll, the people who haven't discovered them, the, you know, the younger kids, but, uh, you know, being like Nirvana, obviously historically, yes, you're going to know about them, you know, who they are just from their history and their past, but because they haven't played in so long. And when people think of anyone from Nirvana, you're thinking of Dave Grohl and you're thinking of Foo Fighters. Right. So you're not thinking of, maybe you're thinking of Nirvana, but not as much. I mean, Foo Fighters now is the main thing. Now, if they didn't, if Dave Grohl wasn't around, if he didn't have Foo Fighters out, maybe a different story. But yeah, I think, you know, 10, um, you know, I think the three top albums, right? And that it was 10. I would have to, you know, um, obviously, never mind. And I would have to probably venture a guess either a Soundgarden or Alice in Chains yeah. record from that. Yeah, I, I think it was Alice in Chains. I, I'll be okay. honest, I didn't, I didn't dirt. study it, but I just, yeah. I just looked up. I wanted to see what it sold in comparison to Nevermind, because mm-hmm. it, it seemed like they were second. It seemed like Pearl Jam was not first. It was, it was um, Nirvana with mm-hmm. the Teen Spirit video. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, and then, and then up came Pearl Jam from out of nowhere. Pearl Jam raised up, I think, from doing Lollapalooza, like they dominated doing Lollapalooza, and that's mm-hmm. what really sparked the growth of the band and the selling of the record, and you know mm-hmm. all that stuff. So was it wasn't Soundgarden part of uh, Lollapalooza as well? Uh, that first they one they were, but I don't think they were part of the first one. They were part of later ones. I know they played okay. one with Metallica. It was they, it was like a co- that was a later one then. Okay, yeah. yeah. That was okay. um, like down from the upside or something like that. It was one of those, one of those releases. So, okay. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, no. And that's a sound, you know, that Seattle sound, obviously that's, um, you know, it, it amazes me because it's, it's really kind of considered the last true, you know, generation of, of, of rock. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, a lot of people consider that. I mean, some people don't want to put the new metal stuff into that, you know, because, you know, sort of the, the purists, I guess, if you want to say, they don't want to consider really new metal as being, you know, uh, a chapter of rock, right? You know, hard rock or something. But uh, yeah, and, and grunge seems to be the last real, I guess, you know, big movement, if you want to call it, in rock, you yeah. know, in terms of a, a geographical region like that, you know, with Seattle. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's it it is it's odd that nothing followed it. You know, is I mean, I, yeah. I guess maybe new metal, sort of, sort of, yeah. But it, yeah, I don't think it had the, the appeal. It didn't, it didn't grab people like, um, you know, quite. And I mean, when grunge hit, everything changed. I, dude, I remember watching Megadeth on MTV wearing flannels, mm-hmm. and and being like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, everybody gravitated to grunge, and it just, you know, well, I, it it yeah. just it stayed for a while, and nothing really. Nothing really came from behind it, but here, sure. look who it is. Okay, well, we've got him here. There he is. Speak of the yeah. devil, Mr. Dave. <laughs> hey, What's going on, Dave? How you doing? Good. How you doing? Doing great, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, you know, we appreciate you coming on a uh, uh, Tremors here to talk to us. And uh, you know, I guess first off, congratulations <laughs> on the new EP from Sons of Silver, uh, appropriately titled "Doomsday Noises." Um, yeah. Yeah, man, it's getting a lot of buzz uh, for a lot of good reasons, yeah. and obviously it's reasons because it's a real kick-ass record, man. 
Um, so congratulations, man. How, uh, how are you doing with the pandemic stuff going on right now? Pretty good. We just started recording this week. So, um, it's been nice. We did like three, two or three days last week. Then we're going in tomorrow and Friday. But yeah, up until that point, which is however many months, um, I had very little contact with anybody, you know, just uh, a little, little bit here and there. My son's visited a couple of times. He was in Hollywood. So okay. I'm outside the city about an hour. So, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been actually pretty, pretty good. I have four pets and, you know, able to yeah i got drums all over the house and nice so you're set <laughs> it's, it's actually i've been knocking wood i've been very just grateful very very cool man how are you guys um, we're doing good man you know we're just glad to have you on just obviously we want to talk about some uh some sons of silver here um obviously it's um you know one thing we've me and chris have been talking about it's really sort of a sound that's been kind of abandoned for quite some time i really love the the musical direction on the on the ep man um you know it's sort of that sound it reminds me of a sound that was in around like the late 70s early 80s uh it's just a straight up rock you know uh strip you know it's you know it's got some edgier tracks obviously like you know read them there right that's just a a great song man that's obviously charting really well right now for you guys and um you know i guess you know just as a musician who's you know you're you're, you're most well known obviously for creating music that occurred you know almost 30 years ago with pearl jam it's got to feel real good though to be able now to have this current band release where fans can really you know hear and experience something new that you've done uh instead of just being referred to as a guy who played drums on an iconic album you know almost three decades ago huh cool thanks yeah I, i'm it's you know i've been working the whole time of course i've been sure. you know playing in different bands but yeah this is the first time in a while where it's felt really fresh and it's really like a band, you know what I mean? Like we've, we put in a lot of work in the last five years. Mm -hmm. So it's really cool to see, you know, fruits of our labor, people enjoying it. Sure. You know. Definitely. Yeah. Now, now Dave, um, for, with sons of silver, you know, I, I mean, obviously as Matt was saying, you've played not only with Pearl jam, but you've been in quite a few bands, obviously. And, for Sons of Silver, it seems like, at least from what Peter was telling us, that you've that you have taken a much bigger part in the creative process than maybe you've had on with some of these other bands. Do you yeah. feel like that's the way it is for you? And and does that feel com most comfortable for you? Yeah, it's really cool, and that kind of evolved naturally. Um, you know, we started off. He had songs, and we went in and played, and kind of did things that way and he just gave us more and more freedom to like interject our personalities into it which is like you know it's it's very rare so it's gone from uh more of like a singer songwriter uh at least as far not not so much the music it's you know like acoustic stuff but um just as far as working wise you know what i mean and mm -hmm. he put a lot of trust in us but uh it's pretty cool because we toured so much you know we've played so many shows and and just you know been hauling our gear in clubs and, right. and doing that and opening for some bands and and uh yeah it's been really nice to have because a lot of times you know I've, I've worked with bands for years and no matter what you go in the studio there's a certain way of working you know what i mean it's very mm -hmm. kind of um just here's your part or kind of do it like this it's very more controlled environment so it's really cool uh, for all of us to just to be able to 
you know, slowly but surely kind of be able to add our own elements to it. And, and um, mm -hmm. so then we just started the last batch was very much, and like we're doing right now in the studio, a lot of like, let's like, somebody might have a riff or something, you know what I mean? Or mm. something along that line. And we'll just really like hash it out, you know, and flesh the idea out and, and see what we can come up with. And, and we'll record, I mean, we've been the last few days that we did last week. I mean, we probably played for, I mean, hours, you know, six, right. Right. seven hours like my hands wow. are, are, are aching <laughs> yeah so it's, it's been just uh very, very much a group effort and i, I really credit him for for that because it's not common you know? mm -hmm. sure sure now, now and, and and i'm always curious about this with a band dynamic and you know and and this might almost be more of a peter question but i'll ask mm -hmm. you anyway um when you get into a band dynamic, it, it tends to lean itself to the guy that had the most success a lot of times ends up being the leader. But it doesn't sound like that's the case with you guys at all. I mean, uh, obviously. Yeah. You guys, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, my dogs are barking. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, you know, it it just it just doesn't seem like that is the dynamic with you guys. You guys have had, you know, three of you guys have had pretty significant bands that you've been in, and yet from talking to Peter and now from talking to you, it sounds like it really is a democracy, you know, of sorts when you're creating music. Is that a? Is that the way you would want it? And b? Is it comfortable, especially for you who has had significant success? to kind of say, okay, well, you can go ahead and run your idea, even though I may not agree. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, it, it's a double-edged sword. Like on one hand, uh, it's, you know, sometimes it's kind of nice to just go in and go, okay, here's my part. This is what they want me to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go do that. I'm kind of off the hook as far as like, any outcome, you know, how it's received or whatever. Um, but no, I really like, I, you know, I played sports when I was a kid. I really thrive under pressure. So I, I like to, you know, I want to be, I want to be up to bat and like, you know what I mean? Try and have, have, you know, not like I wouldn't, I don't think I'd ever be comfortable having total control, but I really, I like being able to like get into it and try and come up with what, you know, is natural for me and uh hopefully it fits and i think that's the other good thing about this band though it's like we're doing that but we're also totally cool with like if somebody's like hey that's not really working you know what i mean can you try it this way or whatever so mm -hmm. you know I, I but i prefer it definitely to be able to like interject as much as as possible on on my instrument at least you know sure mm -hmm. So your guys, Dave, what's your guys sound? Like I was saying earlier, I said all that 70s, you know, late 70s, sort of early 80s. At least to me, it does. Um, yeah. And like you're, and you know, I'm just going to take a song like Read on the Rights um, with the drums on that. I mean, it really reminds me of like a back to bass. It really reminds me of like a Ringo Starr Beatles kind of drum kind of beat. Uh, just kind of back to basics, good old rock and roll. Is that really, did you guys deliberately want to create that kind of sound? Or is that just something that, just happened, you know, naturally and instinctively when you guys get together and you jam. 
Excellent question, because actually it's something we have kind of talked about, um, not in a contrived way, but in a way that's like, you know, we're working on stuff and there's always that kind of fallback thing that you do. Like, like I could play this beat and try and, um, and by, by the, when I'm talking about being able to interject, like what I do uh, artistically, uh, the cool thing about this band is instead of doing the most I can do or to try and like, well, look at this fill I can do or check this thing out or, you know what I mean? Mm. I've been doing the opposite, which has been way cooler and uh, actually had more success as far as like melding with the song is mm. like, I'm going to just do it. I'm going to play the most simple thing I can and just like, mm. I don't want to do any fills. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I just want to sure. play a beat that makes mm. this song go, you know what I mean? And sure, like, yeah. Or the vocal, you know what I mean? But just mm. all about like make this song go and never, you know, and, and hopefully not even do a fill, you know what I mean? Cause it's like, sure. and that's everything like, if the song is interesting um, and we're all kind of doing this at the same time, cause we're all doing that too. Cause it's like Kevin can play anything on the guitar. He's mm. ridiculous guitar, you know, amazing and um and everybody's super talented but everybody's just keeping this restraint that mm. builds this tension which is really cool we kind of hit on it accidentally we just kind of from hours and hours of jamming because they have their own studio mm. so there's not like the clock running in the usual sense you know what i mean it's like fifteen hundred dollars a day or two thousand dollars a day or whatever it's like they have mm. an amazing studio pete and brina so we're able to just like go for hours so yeah we all kind of like use this like restraint to try and like get the song across and and Ringo sorry this is a good um analogy because he's somebody that I think is probably the most underrated drummer on the planet I agree. Really. Mm -hmm. so yeah. good so yeah we've been trying to like just and it's building the tension and we can and then it's like oh shit this is cool you know what I mean this is like we, you know it's like so tense and then you can kind of like let it go a little bit and like open it up with the fill or somebody could do a guitar riff and and then it's much more special you know what i mean it's like a little cool little gem uh in this kind of static uh mm, okay. you know deal going so yeah sure, yeah yeah no, it's awesome, man. Uh, you know, and although you, you know, I know, you know, obviously most people know who you are from your work, you know, with Pearl Jam, you know, years ago, which obviously, and being in, in that band and, and their history, I mean, it's more than most musicians could ever dream of being part of something, you know, historic and special like that. Um, and you've also obviously played on great records, you know, with, with Candlebox and Happy Pills, which is a great record. And you've been, you know, involved with several, you know, other projects uh, over the years as well with, you know, uh, not you know sometimes maybe outside of the rock and hard rock realm but you've you know you've obviously done a lot over your career but at the same time does it does it you know frustrate you frustrate you a bit i mean being a hall of fame musician a rock and roll hall of fame musician has it ever bothered you that you know um you've had all this music for the last 30 years yet all people can think of when they think of dave cruzen is pearl jam 10 no i i mean yeah. I tell you, if I could pick a band and pick a record, you know, um, it would probably, it would be that band and that record. That's how much I, you know, I, I it was such a special time. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, it was like, I really felt that back then. I had a lot of problems with drugs and alcohol and shit, but, um, you know, I just, 
it really was like all the things I had done before that, you know what I mean? And uh, then that mm-hmm. happened. So yeah, for me, it's like, I'm just so proud of the work that we did and, and love it so much. It's like, you know, we had, we had a, it's like a family, you know, and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, we had this, this child, we made this, this uh, record. You know? <laughs> yeah. so I, I look, I, I look at it as um, it's just, it's really fortunate to have been involved in it. You know what I mean? So, so to me, it's mm-hmm. cool. And, uh, but if, yeah, if it was a band that I was like, eh, you know, had kind of like, fallen out of love with or or wasn't super crazy about the work we you know what i mean i was like oh, sure. i really like to have done it this way or you know it was just a right. pain in the ass or right you know mm-hmm. that, that would be a lot different but no i i just feel really lucky and and uh stoked on it still it's do, do, do you do you still feel um feel that same connection like are you still in touch with anybody in the band or do you, no, do you- not really i mean uh I would see them occasionally, like somebody in Seattle when I lived. I've lived in Seattle for so long. Right. You know what I mean? So it's right. like occasionally I'll go to a show of theirs, you know what I mean? Um, okay. But we get along fine. It's just, yeah, we just, I mean, I've been in California now for, God, almost 20 years, like 18 years or something. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, at the Hall of Fame, it was like, you know, didn't miss it. The, you know, it was just like picking up right where we left off. Okay. But way better because I was sober. Right. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. But, sure. you know, they treated me great. And uh, the chemistry was right there. As soon as we started playing, um, you know, just it's kind of crazy because we hadn't played in, I mean, God, almost 30 years, you know. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we rehearsed in Seattle for a couple of days. And as soon as we started playing, it's like, eh, you know. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, there's a cool chemistry for sure sure now now david this is kind of a dad question more than a music question but you obviously have kids mm-hmm. i have no doubt in my mind that your kids have heard your music and not just you playing it you know i mean everybody has heard jeremy everybody has yeah. heard even flow yeah. how you know i'm happy when i can take my kids and they can meet a rock guy that they enjoy being that rock guy, that's got to be on a whole different level, no? Well, my kids are so cool. It's kind of, I mean, it's crazy. They, they got such great musical taste, you know? Like, they've, like, shown me some stuff that's like, oh, that's really cool. And um, and they've grown up, like, you know, since I've been playing music the whole time they've been around. So they've. I used to take them to shows, you know, in their little tiny with the big cans on right, right, right. The protectors and whatnot. And uh, to me, that was like the big thrill, like taking them to a show where they get to meet somebody, you know, you're just like, wow, this is so, this is exciting. You know what I mean? To just okay. see, you know, them interact with like my son, like talking to Bruce Springsteen. You know, awesome. He's talking about it. <laughs> oh, you know, things like that have been like, really cool my son actually because he's been literally playing his entire life okay mm-hmm. um, he's his name I, he goes by and i he'll probably i don't know if he's changed it yet or not, but jagger finn or no j finn i'm sorry j finn yeah the letter j and then f-i-n-n that's his middle name okay but you can check him out on soundcloud and itunes and he's doing a lot right now he's super talented he, uh, we have a studio in the house, and he would just go in there 
all day and night and work. I'm like, you better be doing something in there. Can you hear me? And then what all of a sudden, it's like he's gotten label offers. And, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Kind of Very cool. What kind of music is it? It's, I don't even know what genre you call it. Um, and he's also working with a guy named Roy Blair, who does really well. That okay. He's been uh, playing drums for him here and there, and they've toured um, all over. And uh, that guy's super talented, too. But it's kind of like he does all the instruments and singing himself. And he just chops a lot of stuff. Occasionally he'll he'll put a beat down, you know, and chop that up. But a lot of stuff he just uses off like mm-hmm. old records or just you know. And he'll take that and tweak it. But it's kind of like almost like jazz, R and B, trip hop, weird. I don't even know. Okay. You know I'm way too old to to even have a clue about. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, check him out. He's great. Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, Dave, you know when you've when you've had, and you're one of the very few people I can ask this question to. But when you've had an album or a release that is that massive as Ten, which you know we were talking about it earlier, it's the biggest selling grunge album that was ever released. You know, and and that's you know that's a big statement when you consider Nevermind from Nirvana and you know Bad Motor Finger and Super Unknown. And, you know, to to have the biggest, the biggest one that there ever has been. How do you motivate yourself now? I mean, you haven't just climbed the mountain; you bought the mountain. You know, you owned the mountain, and now you start over. You know, a few guys in a room with just some ideas, and while the ideas are fresh, you know where you're trying to get to, and you know how unbelievably hard it is to get there. How do you motivate yourself to keep going and to keep pushing? Excellent question. I I can only attest that to just, I love playing so much. You know what I mean? Like I love playing the drums. I love playing with other people. I love playing the drums and I'll do it here in my house, you know, for, for a period of time, but it's just, and that's fun in itself, but just to play with other people because I just always, like, you know, when there was a party, it's like me and my friends would set up and jam at it. And that's, that's how I would interact with people. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty much the best I can do. To, that's what I can bring to the table. It's like, I just want to be a part of the band that's playing at the, you know, right. playing for mm-hmm. entertainment. So, yeah, just an extreme love. And we all have that, Sons of Silver. That's like, you know, um, anybody could be doing all kinds of anything else really seriously except except me but um just so like talented in other areas of life you know what i mean so that that always shows me too like to to be hauling our gear in and out of clubs you know schlepping around the country europe and we've been all over the place um it's just a love for music you know and you just keep like banging it out and and uh putting in hours that's what i was saying like all the hard work we've been doing over like five years. I just thought about it the other day. It's like, man, we've been hard at this for a long time. And just starting to get things like cracking like that is, is, it's so exciting. But, and the thing is like, we're in the studio, you know, and it's three hours in and Pete's got an interview or something like that. And he comes back in and we get back to work and we're not even thinking about, oh yeah, that's like people are digging this tune, you know, or people are right. like in the music or we're just like 
love creating. So we're just in there like hashing out ideas. Like that's kind of like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it seems like it's unattainable to try and even reach for, you know, success like that. Mm -hmm. So it's just strictly love of music and then like whatever comes of it, you know what I mean? Right. And it's so ironic that you've been a band for five years and yet everybody that you talk to is like this brand new band, Sons of Silver. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool because in a lot of ways, you know, we, we really are because, um, you know, we, I mean, Pete really had a great idea of like building this thing slowly, making it Mm. a band and then really kind of honing our craft before we really like went put ourselves out there you know what i mean as far as like check us out come and see us like this is what we got and it was i think really very smart on his part to just kind of like and we weren't thinking of it you know while we were working we're just you know doing what we love to do but then you look back and it's like yeah it's been a slow progression but in a really good way i think because a lot of times people just like right out the gate you know show all their cards and it's either you know you, you got a freaking full house or you got to fold the whole thing and leave the table. And yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been nice to be able to kind of do it the opposite way, really not right. think about that, but just make music. And right. Mm-hmm. See how it so Dave, I mean, I, obviously, you know, I know you appreciate your, your past history so much and it's very celebratory and everything, but I'm sure with sons of silver and not just you, obviously with Adam, uh, and, and, uh, Kevin as well, uh, as well, are you looking forward to sort of getting away from being tagged as Pearl Jam and Candlebox and Skillet? I mean, obviously the past band, uh, the band names that you've been involved with, uh, you know, being members of these great bands, it gives you instant credibility with the fans, but it is such a different band in terms of your guys' sound. So it's like, how, how do you plan? I would say plan, but like, are you looking forward to people now knowing you as Dave Cruzen from Sons of Silver, not Dave Cruzen from Pearl Jam 30 years ago? Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause sometimes that can overshadow, you know, the whole thing mm-hmm. you're doing in the present time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've had that experience too, but yeah, this is like, I think it's just, uh, we're not using that. We're not trying to like use it at all. Any of our past stuff. It's very much like this is a new band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's some new music, check it out. And I'm, when I put stuff on Facebook or whatever, you know, people are like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know you had a new band. What, what, who, what, you know, what is this? This is awesome. What is this? You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, sure. so that, that's really cool because we definitely have put the music ahead of any, in fact, Pete's like, if he's doing anything, he's kind of downplaying it, which is really cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But very like, this is about sons of silver. No one individually, you know what I mean? It's a band. Um, mm-hmm. and the other good thing I think it's, it's really cool is like you were saying, like late seventies, early eighties, like we have kind of like, it's like Adam put it really well. He's talking about like, you know, you're mining for gold and you like get all the stuff, you know, and you're like, home with you. and then it's like, you get one little nugget. You're like, yeah, that's it. You know, that's the one. And you're like, polish it mm-hmm. up. And that's what we've been doing, um, work wise. And so that really mm-hmm. has been like, you know, it, it's such a kind of a different sound, I think. Um, you know, Candlebox is, is known as a grunge band, great band. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I love that band. I'm super proud of the work we've done uh, for sure. But, you know, it's like a grunge Seattle band. And, you know, I've done other bands uh, from Seattle and maybe it's slightly different genre, but back in that era, or you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So this is like kind of so far removed time-wise. It's so mm-hmm. much later, 30 years down the road. And I think musically, we're doing something so completely different than anything I've done before. Mm-hmm. Even if you hear like, oh, this person from this band, this person you know, from that band, um, and you listen to the music, you don't even think that really. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's so like, oh, okay, that's on paper and I can read it and I see that, that's cool and everything. But when you hear it, what you're taking in is like so removed that that's what you focus on is the music and not the, you know, prior staff or this stuff. Sure. And obviously with this, you know, pandemic going, I mean, it's not slowing you guys down. I saw you guys released a, a track and video for the quarantine in California song, which is a cool, nice little blues song you guys did. Um, so, I mean, nothing's kind of stopping you guys right now from seizing the current moment and the momentum from doomsday noises. So I guess the only other way to keep that momentum going right now is really to continue and release and write more music uh, since you can't tour, unfortunately, at this point. So right now, what do you see is, is next for the band? I mean, are you guys just going to continue to write and just wait for things to open up and then just take it from there? I think I mean, we're kind of talking about it right now as far as, like, ideas for getting out to play. Mm-hmm. Like, some radio stations, like, maybe we can come and do some kind of socially distant thing with you guys, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, Get sure. a few people to come out. And, and live stream it, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. we could do kind of a blend of, you know, there's people here. Uh, the people are talking about driving concerts. I think that's a great idea. Okay. So we're, we're really right now, uh, and the whole industry is obviously like kind of trying to think outside the box as far as like what can we do to get out mm-hmm. um, and, and be connect with people somehow, you know what I mean, some way. So. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things, like, one one of the things was, like, a radio tour, you know, probably outside little gigs and uh, live stream it. You okay. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we're also going to try and do some live streaming uh, stuff from his studio, which I think will be really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, get a bunch of cameras, really, like, you know, put it together nice and have it have it done well. I think it would be pretty cool. Sure. Yeah, I, I did see I, – I, yeah. I saw a live stream you guys did uh, just the other day, I think it was um, – for something, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, you guys were just kind of in the studio, so stuff like that. Pretty much, you're, you're probably gonna continue to do. Okay. Yeah, and then also, yeah. I mean, we could possibly get rent a sound stage, like go to a uh, rehearsal space, okay, set up on a stage and do more of a um, performance that way. Okay. Know, cool. Yeah. Sure. Okay. No. Well, well, um. Dave, as you move forward and, you know, obviously it is a very tough time to really make a plan to move forward. If, if let's just say, you know, worst case scenario comes true and, you know, from what we're seeing that bands may not be able to actually get out there and actually tour until 2022. Now they're talking about will, how long, I guess the question is how long will you guys wait before launching it before saying okay this record is what it is and we're not going to be able to push it as hard as we want so let's just focus fully on 10 12 new songs so that we have something ready for when the world opens its doors once again yeah that's pretty much what we're doing right now in a way because we don't have a 
you know, we have an EP that's done. I think they've got a little bit left to do in mixing and stuff like that, but it's pretty much done five songs, I think. Okay. Uh, four or five songs. Anyway, um, that's kind of ready pretty much to go. So we'll be able to release that like we did this last batch of stuff, which would be cool. And then right now, yeah, that's what we're doing currently is like just recording, trying to get like a lot of good songs. So, so we're like a bunch of ideas flowing. And we're also thinking like, which is cool for this next batch of stuff, instead of doing, because we've had some really good, concise, like, you know, um, like three-minute songs that are very, like, kind of, like, more in your face. Some of them are, are on the mellow side, but for the new stuff that we're working on right now, we're kind of like, man, we could do, like, a, you know, just, like, you know, like in the 70s when they'd have, like, you know, a song would be, like, two songs, like, right. Bob and it was like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Van Halen do that. Like yeah. tons of band, Pink Floyd. And so now we're kind of thinking that way. Like, man, we could do a whole uh, uh, LP instead of an EP. Right. And maybe do vinyl and have like, have it be just kind of like a concept album or just like not even consider the length of the songs. And you know what I mean? And just like really mm-hmm. uh, open up, get some freedom going that way. So the reality is the EP is really just a, a toe in the water, so to speak. In a way, yeah. We've kind of like mm-hmm. done a little batch, little batch, you know what I mean? Like what are they, you know, like, yeah, just a small batch, small right. batch uh, songs. But um, yeah, so now we're really kind of like, let's not have any rules. Let's not think, you know, in terms of, of uh, a quick like release thing and just kind of take our time see how it develops mm-hmm. very cool well very dave cool. um sons of silver is out now with doomsday noises uh matt and i are both huge huge fans of it as Thank you man. can probably figure Thank out that, that we yeah. had you and peter on you know three times in about five weeks we are That's definitely awesome. <laughs> yeah. fans of what you're doing so oh, um, we appreciate it seriously I, thanks why don't, why don't we do this um to, to wrap up why don't you uh give out the plugs, tell people where they should go to find you or to find the band online. And, and then we'll, um, you know, maybe we'll wrap it up by playing the video for, um, read them the rights. Awesome. Yeah. Well, our website, sons of silver, and it might be sons of silver band. You might have to put all that in there. Um, I can't remember what the latest is, but yeah, you can just Google sons of silver band, put it in that search engine and, uh, your favorite search engine and Mm -hmm. find us that way. I'm on, Instagram, I think it's David Cruzen, my new one. Oh, I'm the one got all hacked or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then Facebook, I think just my name at Facebook, I'm on there. And I know, I think we have a Facebook page. I know we have an Instagram page. And mm-hmm. so we're probably posting stuff on there. Um, probably that's a good spot to look for just like quick update stuff too. You know what I mean? It's not going to sure. be like on the websites a little more involved, mm-hmm. I think. And then I have a website, davecruzen.com. So people can check okay. that out. And, and they can email me if they want to, like, you know, ask me something or whatever. Right. Nice. All right. Well, right. why don't we then, then we'll wrap it up here. Uh, Dave, it's great having you on. And let's check it yeah. out. This is uh, Read Them Their Rights. This is the Sons of Silver right here on Aftershocks. Rolling.
Awesome. It's a great song. I love that song. I love it too, man. Good stuff, yeah. man. Sun yeah. Silver, your rights. And definitely want to thank Dave Cruzen for checking in. Oh, How yeah. great was that? <laughs> it's great talking to a rock and roll hall of famer. I guess you can't, you know, I got nothing bad to say about that. <laughs> and dude, I'll tell you how, how those guys like us. There's no question. During mm. the song, I got an email from Dave thanking us for having them on. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> During the song. I mean, During the song. that was what, three minutes ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, very yeah. Cool, man. And we are definitely, I think we're going to be. We're going to be the official salesman of, of Sons of Silver, I think. Cause well, we they do. Uh, they are sending us um, some giveaway things that they want yeah. us to do a uh, little promotional giveaway things on the show. So, uh, yeah. Dude, we'll I, have take no, it. I have no problem at all being the official spokesperson. <laughs> Sons of Silver. <laughs> no, I have no problem because I love the music. All, yeah. all five, six songs that we've heard, the five on the EP and the, the quarantine song have all been mm -hmm. great. Great tunes, man. Yeah. I, so good. I, yeah. And you figure those songs have been, like I said, they've probably been written now for a while mm -hmm. because they've been together for like five years. He said, I mean, that, that is such a unique approach too. And I think they've obviously done it perfectly. You could yeah. tell you could, one thing you could tell, like you said, we, we mentioned real briefly, I didn't want to get too much into it, but I mean, with, with, you know, having a front man like Peter, just a real humble guy. This isn't a guy with an ego. And think about, think about all the singers that, you know, I mean, Dave's, you know, worked with Eddie Vedder, Kevin Martin for Adam and Dave, you know, with Candlebox, you know. So here's a guy like Peter, and he's come in, and, and you can see it's. it sounds like he's, I mean, I don't want to say the de facto leader. They're all, like you said, they're sort of a very democratic band. It's like it's yeah. just there's no real, this is the guy who's the main songwriter. This is the guy who does this. It's like it's all very cohesive. They're a very cohesive unit, you know what I mean? You can uh, tell. Yeah. Definitely a fan. I'm, I'm beyond amp to hear more hopefully we're going to become good enough friends that we hear stuff early <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but yeah we, we are definitely big supporters of the band so check them out um yeah. just go to sons of silver band and you will find them they're they're pretty much everywhere on on all the socials and all that mm -hmm. stuff and dude we made it through one how about that we made it through the first one all right success <laughs> well you know no thanks to Invertigo, but you know we'll uh, at least we got Dave on. We got the most important. Then we got to talk. Wait, wait, the good thing about Invertigo not coming on is we got to talk longer with uh, with Josh Toomey, which was great. Yeah. And obviously, we just talked with Dave, which was uh, you know a great experience talking to someone like that. You know, yeah. like and Invertigo. I mean, who knows what happened? They could have. It could have been that they blew us off. It could have been that they had a problem with their computer. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But yeah. I'll find it out. I look. I'm not. I'm not ready. I've done this long enough to know and you. <laughs> a lot of times you just want to be like motherfucker, you know, and, and mm -hmm. be off about it. But you know, you can't because you know yeah. things happen. You know things mm -hmm. happen, and and we we interviewed Reed before, and he was a straight up pro. Mm -hmm. So you know, my thought is something came up or something was lost in communication, communication. Or yeah, something like that. So is what mm -hmm. it is. And that's, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll have them on at some other point because we both mm -hmm. love that music too. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think, what do you think? Is this wrap it up two hours enough or you want to keep going? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's up to you, man. I mean, I think we've, uh, I'm just trying to think if we've got anything to talk about in terms of what's coming up. Well, this week we've got a whole bunch of uh, God, interviews we've done this week, right? Yeah. This might be the busiest week we've had, actually. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I have I have three more tomorrow or we have three more tomorrow. 
And we got three on Thursday. I mean, I'm sorry, we got three tomorrow's Thursday, three tomorrow. And I think, and I think that's it for the rest of this week. week. And then yeah, next but it's been about eight this week, though. I mean, that's a yeah. pretty hefty size. Uh, that's a plateful yeah. for sure. Yeah. All you other podcasters better try and keep up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Now, I think we need to end this because I got to go and yeah. listen to that War King's record. I got to write some. Well, we got some prepping to do for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I got to write some questions for War Kings. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. no idea what to ask that guy. Yeah, I do. I've. Uh, it's going to be, yeah. What do you ask a, a gimmicky type of band? I mean, when you're trying to ask serious questions when the whole point of their band is not being serious. Well, I'm it's, going it's, <laughs> Dude, I'm going straight gimmick. I'm going to ask. Yeah. The only question I have so far is why don't you stop wasting time making music and just go kill everybody in Washington <laughs> and take over? That, <laughs> you know, if they want to have world domination, why waste your time singing songs about it? Go do it. True. No, you're right. True, man. No, but uh, cool, man. Yeah, but this is a lot of fun. So first one in the books and uh, we'll be doing this again real soon. And we, we've got to now uh, somehow top our uh, guests, a guy like Dave Cruz on a rock and a hall of fame. We've got to try to fill that void. That's going to be a little difficult, but I'm sure we'll find someone real uh, prominent to, uh, well, to take at that least place. You know? Interesting. You know, I, yeah. I, I, it's great that he's super famous, but I think as long as he's interesting, that's all we care about. And certainly mm-hmm. Dave, very, I thought Dave was very good. He was very absolutely. Oh, yeah. I wish I would have known I'd have sent him a ring light, but other than that, <laughs> <laughs> all good. But all right, man. Awesome. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. We'll play the outro and we'll get the fuck out of here. All right. Take it easy, everyone. All Thanks right, for watching. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com. <laughs>